Hello and welcome to the 267 podcast. Uh, my name is Alex Stoney. I'm the current intern of 267 um, and I'm super excited for today. I'm, I'm really, really excited. I'm going to introduce some of the people that you may already know, um, but I will get to our special guest in just a moment. So, to my right, I have Mike Palin. Mike Palin, how are you today? I'm, I'm really good, actually. Good. I'm really good. Should be tired, because we've just done a, a weekend away uh, with 27 small children. Mm. But it was so good, I feel like I'm all, I didn't get tired from it. I feel good. quite good. Yeah, it was a buzz. Good, I'm pleased. Thanks. And to my left, to my left, to my left, I have Ellie Catlin. Ellie Ooh. Catlin, how are you? I'm good. I am tired because my son got up in the middle of the night last night. <laughs> oh gosh. But God is good and I've got some energy for the day. So yeah. Good. We are also joined by Ben Fitzsimons. Ben Fitzsimons, how are you? I am full of joy and enthusiasm and energy. As always. <laughs> As, always. Well, As per. And we have a special guest today. Woo! We have the one, the only, Emma Borkway. Everyone, how are you? I'm really good, guys. I just have a quick question before we start, though. Mike, you have 27 children. No, <laughs> he does. Yeah, no, that would be quite cool. <laughs> that well, would it be cool or no? Uh, we run residentials, and we had our first residential in 16 months. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was like 27 children. <laughs> I know. I look. Yeah, I we look, are. We are as children as well. Yeah, I was like, what? Really? <laughs> no, I've just got one, and that's enough. Okay, yeah, fair, fair play, fair play. Okay, sorry, just wanted to clear that up. But yeah, I'm no, great. Really that. happy to be here, guys. <laughs> no, Mike's trying to beat some of the uh, biblical records for number of kids. Um. <laughs> one after the other, like oh, a conveyor no. belt. Imagine. It's great. So, Emma, just before we properly get started. Um, I, I was thinking maybe a little, maybe a little icebreaker. This is so just for people that are listening this is actually recorded after the entire podcast <laughs> this feels so I think we need to be honest I think we need to be yeah. yeah for a second I was like what am I doing we want 100% realness we don't want this inauthentic Sorry, it's authentic authentic okay so Emma if you were an item of clothing slash accessory yeah footwear or footwear what would you be Okay, well, I know that Mike wants me to say that I'd be a croc, but I wouldn't be a croc, okay? I think... Oh, you've got to own it. You said about owning <laughs> these things, Emma. No, I've, I've decided I've got one better. So I think I would be an earring, Ooh. like a dangly earring, because I like being around people. I like being close, but I do like my own space. Um, I like hanging out. Hanging. <laughs> Clever. And I feel like it's always good to shine and glisten, you know, not always be centre of attention, but something that someone might notice. Oh, like nice earrings. Love those earrings. You know? She's done so, this before. I like that. that. She's trained. Yeah. We're gonna all going to look so lame now <laughs> compared to you. Come on, what's yours? I don't know. I, I need more time to think, Mike. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with my cat boots. Because I've got a big pair of cat boots just because they are the comfiest uh, I have, but also they're they're quite they're quite solid, resilient, firm ground, resilient. I can wear them in all weathers. I'm, I feel myself. I'm quite manly, quite resilient. You're I'm an all weather kind of guy. Yeah, I, I can, I've got a strong foundation. Praise <laughs> Jesus. Mm. Love that. I'm going with cat boots. I'm going to say a tracksuit 
Shock? Because I'm always in one. I live in them. You do <laughs> that, live in them. They're great. As deep as it goes. We were guessing what tracksuit Ellie was going to be wearing before she came in the office today. Well, I didn't know I was on camera. I probably would have wore a more fancy one. <laughs> I, I'm, but I'm wearing a tracksuit jumper as well. So uh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Cool. Nice. Like that one. What are you having now? You're pressure on you now. Yeah. I think I'd be a pair of novelty socks. <laughs> novelty socks. Because I'm actually wearing a pair of novelty socks today, Emma. And I, th- I think you'll like these. Can you describe them, please? Ah. Just, just showing them. But we'll get the description for the podcast. Bright pink with turtles on them. Oh, my goodness. Shell, yeah. Shell, yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Everyone's got novelty socks. <laughs> gosh. I th- that's... Because I'd be a pair of novelty socks, I think it would be because I don't know. I like starting a conversation. They definitely do that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Ben, what would you be? Okay, I think a leather jacket because I feel like the harder you try to make a leather jacket look cool, the less cool it becomes. <laughs> and I feel like the harder I try to look cool, the less cool I am. But if you're someone who just naturally wears a leather jacket, automatically cool. Do you know what, Ben? You're very wise. That is really wise. Thank you. I'll take that. He's like yoga, I tell you. You just keep him there, wheel him out occasionally, and he just cracks out a great one-liner. That's what That's I'm here incredible. for. That's why you pay uh, me the big books. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Emma, you are the founder of Girl Got Faith. For our listeners that might not know what Girl Got Faith is, might not know about you. What is it? Okay, so Girl Got Faith is a platform, it's an online platform for teenage girls um, who are navigating faith, identity and purpose. Um, So we've got a website with loads of articles from all different people from different walks of life, but all from a faith perspective. Um, We're like loving Instagram. So we post every day, we post something encouraging, either a scripture or a quote or a video. Um, And then we actually do some stuff offline as well. So we recently, actually just last week, um, released our first ever book called Discovering You, um, which is so exciting that people can finally have something to physically hold of Girl Got Faith, because I think so much of our stuff is online it's nice for people to be able to have something that they can have on their shelves or just flick through in their own time which is amazing and we also do a schools program and um, where we go into schools and talk about self-esteem body image social media um, and we speak about it kind of from a general today's culture today's society perspective but also knowing that our influence is a faith one and that we want to get across to the young people that we speak to that um they are so loved and um god's got a purpose for them and a plan for their lives so yeah that's basically the overall of what girl got faith does awesome thank you um just a quick question i guess about like the story of girl got faith like do you feel like I don't know, that came from God? What was the journey behind it? The story of how it sort of started? Yeah, sure. So um, I started Girl Got Faith. It was five years ago now, which has gone so quickly. Mm. Um, But yeah, so I started it five years ago. And initially, it was just going to be this kind of blog. It was just going to be a website where there would be articles from different people. Um, And that was because I don't know why, but there would be different teenage girls that would come to me and I didn't even know them, but they would just come to me on like Instagram or something like that. And they would ask me questions about life and faith and certain 
situations that they were going through and I think I'm always quite cautious to give people advice when I don't know them personally and I don't know the context, like the full context of the situation. So I was always a bit cautious and I really wanted to find a resource to point these people to. So I wanted to be like, oh, why don't you just go check out this website? They've got loads of stuff on those topics or why don't you read this book or watch this video? And there just wasn't anything that wasn't really cheesy. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, there was like a lot of Americanized kind of websites and there were a lot of things for children and there were a lot of things for young adults, but I felt like there was just this gap for teenagers and, um, I think teenagers in general, boys and girls, but for me, I knew that my audience and the people that would come to me for advice or, um, the experience that I've known in my life growing up is as a girl, like growing up as a teenage girl. So I really wanted to speak to that audience. So I thought, right, let me just create this online resource. So when someone comes to me, I can point them to that. So that was the initial plan. Um, and then as it started out, just more and more people were kind of sending me messages saying, wow, I read this article and I really loved it and it really helped me. And then somebody else would say, I've got an idea of something I want to write for your website. So then it, we just began to grow. So we got more writers and then more people reading it. And then our Instagram started going bigger and then we were getting invited to go to events and stuff like that. Um, so it was a real organic growth. And I don't think at the beginning that I ever had the vision for what it was going to be now. Um, and I don't know if that's a bit of like a non-visionary thing to say. <laughs> like I had no vision. Um, but I think I was playing it small and I think I was, I saw it as just this thing on the side and this little thing that I'm going to do, but God has really shocked me and God has really wowed me with this journey. And I'm so grateful um, that I'm like on this journey with God because it is such an adventure. And I think I really had to learn how to keep my heart open um, and just be willing to ride with God and go with God along the way. Um, but yeah, it's just been an amazing kind of journey so far, but definitely a lot of it has come out of my own experience of growing up in church. Um, and I think I always knew that I have a real passion for teenage girls especially teenage girls in church because I know how hard it can be and I grew up with two older sisters and they were like absolutely life-changing for me well they still are um but I think for me just seeing them live out their lives and live out their faith had such a huge impact on me and kept me in church and then I just thought, what about all the girls that don't have that? What about the people that don't have older sisters or even any family members or any friends who are in church? Um, like, how do they get support? How do they get advice? How do they hear about wis like wisdom from the Bible? Or how do they even get told Bible stories in a way that they can understand? Um, so, yeah, I just have always really wanted to communicate with that audience. And it so happened to be via Girl Got Faith. That's awesome. And I just want to say that um, as someone that's, seen Girl Got Faith um, in the past few years it's been really really nice to have something that pops up on my feed and it's like this is a good Christian influence and like this is something that's actually detached from like all the stuff that you normally see on social media that's really ungodly and really unchristian in a way um, so you spoke about like this online platform um, and I wanted to ask you uh, because I'm, I'm not sure when it was that it came out, but the letter to your younger self. Yes. Um, it's on the website. So if you're listening and you haven't read it, I do recommend that you go ahead and read it. 
Um, but you referenced relationships within school and uh, both with boys and girls. But um, yeah, I was thinking about our young people. And one of the things that's really stood out as a, a struggle for them is how they navigate uh, friendships and relationships with non-Christians, um, both in a school setting, outside of school. Um, what is your experience of that? Do you have any wisdom to share? Yeah, definitely. I think it can be so tricky. Um, and in school, I found anyway, my experience was that people didn't really speak about their beliefs. They didn't speak about um, even really their family life. You kind of come to school and you are whoever you are when you're there. Um, and everyone was just kind of cool with that. But actually, as I grow up, I realize now, oh, wow, people would have really been going through stuff. People had like insane home lives or people had this really strong faith and I never knew anything about it and I think as a Christian you can often be in a school setting and feel like you're the only Christian in the whole world because no one is talking about it nobody is saying that they went to church on Sunday or youth group on Friday um so yeah it's definitely a space where you have to be bold enough in yourself and in your faith to even just talk about what you did at the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not necessarily about walking into your English lesson and being like, Hey, sorry, can we just um, do a study <laughs> of the Bible instead? Because I'm a Christian and this is what I believe in. Or I don't know. It doesn't have to always be so like in your face, but actually it's in just being really honest about your life. Like, what did you do this weekend, Emma? Oh, I could say, oh, I just went to the shops with my mum. But instead I'll be like, oh, I actually went to youth group on Friday. Oh, what's youth group? Oh, it's just this thing where we all get together and it's at my church and we have a bit of time of singing. And when, people, when you say worship, people think that's really weird. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's easier to say we sing. <laughs> but you kind of just like ease into it. And I think it's just about being honest and um, being open with your life and also allowing your values to shine through and not dimming those down like if you think that something is right to do do it if you think something is wrong to do don't do it and it's staying true to yourself and I always kind of had quite a strong influence from my parents who were in church as well who would kind of be very much like reminding me every time I got out of the car, like, Hey Emma, you're representing our family today and you're representing God. So like, make sure you say please and make sure you say thank you. Wow. And it was always really kind of like basic level stuff, but actually people will know people will, some people will see God for the first time through you and yeah. through the way that you live out your life. And it doesn't have to be this big preach, but it's actually how you have integrity with, like the way you live and your life looks different to other people around you and that might only shine through in certain circumstances like I always remember this one time it was so embarrassing and I don't actually know why I'm about to tell you this story <laughs> um, <laughs> I started now <laughs> but basically I um when I was in school I think I was 14 or 15 I had a falling out with one of my best friends and I accidentally text her the message that I was texting someone else about her. It was really bad. And at this time, it was like a Nokia. Like you couldn't just delete the message so that they can't see it. It was gone and she had seen it. And it wasn't that bad. But I think I was just having a bit of a moan about her. And um, I just remember sitting there staring at my phone like, oh, my goodness. What have I just done? My life is over. I can never go to this school again. Oh, my gosh. And I was just panicking. And I just remember my mum looked at me. And she was like, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? And then I just 
bursted out. I was like, I just accidentally texted my friend the message that I was talking about her. And I just lost it. And my mum was like, right, get in the car. We're going to her house right now and you're going to apologise. And I was like, no, I am not. Oh, my God. And that was like, oh, my day. I cannot go to her house. I cannot face her. This is so embarrassing. But I am so grateful that my mum made me do that. And there was obviously so much intention behind that in terms of she didn't want me to go to school the next day and have to then have loads of other people involved and just make it such a bigger thing. But actually being able to go to someone and be real and say, look, I made a mistake and I'm really sorry. Please will you forgive me? I like, that was wrong for me to say that and just own it. And like, speak to someone to their face and she had so much grace for me and everything was absolutely fine we were chatting again like normal that same night next day at school nobody even knew what happened like it was absolutely yeah. fine but I think it's in moments like that that people see Jesus in you mm-hmm. and it's at moments like that where you do things that are so out of the ordinary and so maybe even embarrassing maybe so countercultural that people are like why are you even doing that you don't need to do that but actually they're the moments where um, you can really show people that your life is a bit different because Jesus is in your heart. So yeah, that's my embarrassing story for you. Well done. You got that one for free. <laughs> that's great. We'll use that as the, the promo clip for the episode for you. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I think we li- it's really we live in such a world where there's a sort of grey and the fluff, isn't it? And actually when we do sort of really dig in with the, the clear beliefs that we have, I think God just sometimes really just sort of uses that really powerful, isn't it? Because so many people are sort of that integrity, isn't there? We see it all the time, don't we? Whereas if you say, this is who I am, this is what I believe, I'm going to stand fully behind it, even if I take a bit of flack from it. And I think, you know, actually encouraging out young people to do that, it is flipping hard, but it it speaks of Jesus straight away, doesn't it? It says, actually, no, you really are willing to stand behind what you believe. Mm. Whether that means, you know, apologising or just saying, yeah, yeah, I went to church, Jesse. Exactly. Going off on on what you've said as well, I I wasn't brought up in a Christian home and I found out after I left school all these people were Christians that I'm now a Christian. And I've even said to a few people, like, why didn't you tell me about Jesus? (laughs) Not in a horrible way, but I just really wish someone told me or invited me to youth group. Um so yeah, like just as an encouragement to young people, people need to hear it. Yeah. And don't worry if you're gonna be thought of as a weirdo because sometimes it's worth it <laughs> absolutely and it's funny because I look at my my notes now and I wrote down the question how do we continue living the way God wants us to without losing friends but really mm. I don't think it's about losing friends or gaining friends really it's about living the way that God intended for us to and and being a reflection of Jesus and as you said like not necessarily walking into English and being like, hey, guys, we need to read the Bible instead of Macbeth. It's more like, let's be a reflection of Jesus and actually, I don't know, be a, what's it called? A manifestation. Is that the yeah. word? I think it's like, and just being unashamed as well. And yeah, just, yeah, I think, I don't know if we said that word, but unashamed, I think, of just who we are. Emma, did you lose any friends because of the way you lived out your faith? Um, no, I wouldn't say that I ever felt like I lost any friends not that I knew of anyway maybe I did (laughs) um (laughs) but I think I there were times when I definitely felt excluded from things Mm. because people would assume that I wouldn't be into it um they were probably assuming right to be fair but um it would be kind of like when we were maybe 15 16 and people started having house parties 
parties and stuff. And they would be like, oh, we won't invite Emma because she goes to church, so she's not going to drink or she's not going to smoke or she's probably at youth group, so she won't want to come. And it was kind of, I was always branded the good Christian girl. Um, And at the time, I just found it annoying. But then in a way, it, I don't know, it didn't impact my friendships with the people like one-to-one or in school, but it was more, there were things outside of school that I felt a bit excluded from. But because I had good friends in church as well, in my youth group, I didn't get that bothered by it. Um, And I think sometimes I saw it as a bit of a saving grace that I didn't have to be put in situations of compromise. But then there were other times when I did go to the parties and I did have have to make the decision like oh am I going to get drunk with everyone or am I going to just try and stay like firm in what I believe and not get carried away and this is fun and this is exciting but is it worth me really like presenting myself in a way that is completely different to what I've told them I believe and like, mm. is that just going to confuse people about me um so yeah I don't know if I lost friends but I think there was definitely tricky moments is it a genuine fear, Alex, for sort of you being the nearest to, mm. you know, is it a genuine fear to lose if you, if you make a, such a clear stand? Because we've had lots of debates about what we believe mm. and how that sort of intersects in, intersects in society. And, and actually sometimes that belief can make you feel, oh, you're, you're excluding me because of what you believe. Have you ever felt that they don't I want think... to talk to you? I, I... I became a Christian at like a weird point. So I was about 14, 15. Um, so there was a lot of change going on as, as it happened. But um, I think it was weird because I was going into school and everyone was growing up and they knew that, oh, I'm a Christian or, oh, I'm this, oh, I'm that. Um, and I was so like excited about my faith, but I almost yeah I don't know I didn't want to seem weird I didn't want to seem like I don't know the good Christian girl I I wanted to I wanted to go to parties and be able to do all that stuff and be like everyone else but also when I went to church on a Sunday I'd be like guys yeah I'm gonna say no to that party don't worry guys I won't be there do you know what I mean so I I feel like yeah I don't know it's strange because I also feel like from growing up with all the Christian festivals like Soul Survivor and New Wine, I would go along and I'd be so on fire for God. But then I'd leave and it was like, I'm going back into school and I'm retreating back to this place of, I can't be myself. I can't share my faith. I can't live in a godly way because I want to be popular. I want to have friends. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Is that because you didn't have a lot of Christian friends at like church or school? I think at school, I hardly knew anyone that was a Christian. Um, I guess it's different for Christian schools or Catholic schools, but I hardly knew any Christians at school. Which goes back to what you're saying, Emma, isn't it? Of sort of everyone with two undercover in our faith, isn't it? We've sort of gone for that. I don't want to put myself out there for fear of what might happen. When actually, how do we encourage young people to be really credible mm. and have really good friends, both of faith and non-faith, but also to be completely, how do you be unashamed as a Christian young woman? without committing sort of like social suicide sort of mm. thing, isn't it really? Because yeah, you don't want to be completely separate. Yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah, and I think it's like how you show up for people as well, because especially as a teenage girl, I knew that I was always having deep conversations with people. My friends were telling me their secrets and you kind of, we were always doing it over like MSN Messenger, which makes me sound really old. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would have all these conversations and it's kind of even just saying to your friend, oh, I'm going to pray for you about that. And they're like, pray for me, what? Yeah. Um, but even saying things like that actually does really open a door. And I remember when I was 15, um, I invited one of my best friends to church with me off the back of her kind of speaking to me about some deeper stuff. Um, and I was like, hey, like, why don't you come along to youth group on Friday? And she was like so nervous. She thought that she was going to get like asked to come and stand at the front and say why she was there. <laughs> and like there was so much anxiety for her because she had no idea what church was like. But actually the way, the, the more we normalize church, the more we kind of make it this really open and acceptable place the less people will feel afraid to come um, because people have so many assumptions about what church is, especially if they've never been. So yeah, it's just being open and showcasing that church is such a like chill place to be and you come as you are. So, yeah. And they have crazy assumptions, don't they? I mean, it's really weird what people think that yeah. we, we do yeah. at church. It's really odd, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of adding on to what's been said, the phrase that you said, a little bit ago that sort of jumped out to me was that um representing god phrase and i think i massively like felt that as a teenager uh and almost that's why i then didn't talk about god because i thought well if no one knows i'm a christian then i don't have to represent god uh i can <laughs> just do whatever uh but actually i think because i only really started talking about my faith in school sort of once i've gone to sixth form 16 plus um but I think what would have been actually more impactful is that sort of being vulnerable and not feeling that need to sort of be the perfect Christian and yeah, go along to that party and, you know, maybe I'll drink too much or whatever, but actually to be able to be a teenager and go, yeah, I did that. And I'm still a Christian at the end of it is almost as impactful as going along and being the perfect Christian. Uh, because I think it just, it stops that sort of narrow view of what a Christian is. Cause I know, Christians by definition are broken people we're not mm. we're not perfect and I think almost that pressure on teenagers to go along and be perfect is sometimes the scary thing to sort of open up a bit. Mm. It's funny that you mentioned that Ben because um, when I was speaking to some of the the young girls in our network um, all of them were saying on this podcast please can you talk about the expectations and the pressures that Christian girls face um, Almost every single girl brought up marriage and motherhood and your behavior wow. and all this sort of stuff. And it was like, I, I remember having that when I was a little bit younger, but the fact that almost every single girl was bringing up, I feel like I'm meant to be this cardboard box Barbie almost of a Christian. Wow. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, Emma, do you, um, did you feel this growing up? Did you feel the expectations and pressures. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think it's ever like said to you that clearly. It's never said, oh, hey, like as a girl, you're expected to grow up and become a wife and a mum and I don't know, be this really respectful human being. Um, and so don't ever do anything wrong and don't step <laughs> out of line. It's never said to you in that way. But I think as young people, we tend to model what we see around us. And sometimes we can put expectations on ourselves just because that's what we see. Um, so I think that's why it's actually important for churches to show kind of 
variation in leadership because we often like in my church growing up there were no women in leadership and the only women who got to do anything cool were the ones who were married so you're like okay cool if I want to do something cool I've just got to get married um and that's kind of what you assume um and then also kind of the the books that I had growing up um there's one I actually can't even say what it's called because I don't want to out them. But there was this book that I had growing up and um, I just remember like reading it back a few years ago because I remember I used to look at this book all the time and I read it and I was like, what on earth is this book? (laughs) Because it was just talking the whole time about what you shouldn't do, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And basically like preparing yourself for who you are going to be rather than embracing yourself as you are right now, rather than saying right now, Emma, as a 14 year old girl reading this book, you are enough, you are loved, you are chosen, you're a daughter, you're an heir to the throne, like saying all of these things, like speaking this truth over me, it wasn't doing any of that. It was just saying, okay, well, don't show your shoulders um, and don't speak out of line, don't drink and don't date around and don't get yourself in compromising situations with boys and because one day you're going to be a wife and you don't want your husband to look at you kind of in a bad way or what. And it's like, what the heck? Like, this is crazy. Um, So then that for me was a huge um, thing behind the girl got faith book I actually took that book to my publisher's meeting when I initially had the, and I was like I do not want to make a book like this this is not what this book's going to be yeah. and they were like yeah cool we're not going to do that um but I think for me the the whole book that we've created with girl got faith had to be speaking life into girls right now right where they are not saying in the future you're going to be this type of person or whatever but saying look who are you now you are loved you are chosen and then letting them work that out for themselves and allowing yourself to work out what your faith looks like for you and cultivating your own personal relationship with God not this relationship with the rules and Mm -hmm. I think that's what we often have through church is this and I guess all of you guys have said it like we've all said it in this conversation that people felt afraid to share their faith in school because they didn't want to then miss out on other things. And that just goes to show that we often view our faith as just a set of rules and this legalistic thing. Whereas if we view it from the platform of all of the incredible things that it gives us in our soul and in our heart and how it enriches our lives and makes us feel loved and supported and confident we would want other people to know that we would want other people to experience that but I think we focus so much on the rules side of things that it stops that altogether so yeah definitely through like what we're doing with Girl Got Faith we wanted to make sure that um, it's always speaking life into people right now right where they are um, and showcasing different people from different walks of life people who are married people who aren't married um, and just like different life experiences because it's not linear and it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing now emma i was chatting to alex while we were on the downtime and one of the things that as a charity we often come up against is girls and women doing things in events and services uh with certain church traditions they don't always like that and we're we're a big fan of if god wants to use someone we we want to give them a place to what we call flex their spiritual muscles and you know and i'm i love that and actually the people in the room is evidence that god is powerfully at work and um 
I just wanted to, how do we sort of help navigate that with, you know, creating opportunities for young girls to serve in church, but also to have, you know, really, really healthy conversations with church leaders to say, actually, it's really important. You put your young people in places of leadership and places of, you know, dreaming in churches and youth groups. Have you got any sort of wisdom? Yeah, definitely. I'm also a big kind of advocate and fan for women in leadership and women using their gifts and yeah, totally carry that same belief as you that God, if God is going to gift you with something and equip you with something and speak to you, then he's speaking to you to speak through you. God doesn't just speak to us for us to kind of hold it in and I don't know, keep it as this thing of like, Oh God had a conversation with me today. But actually I believe that we're created. Every single human being is created to bring glory to God. And that's what it means by us being made in the image of God is that we're here to reflect him on the earth. Um, and I think everybody has the opportunity to do that. And so I, I definitely think it's important for churches to give opportunities for everyone um, to speak out their gifts and share the things that God has put on their heart. And yeah, I just think I do understand there's kind of different theological perspectives on it and different things written in the Bible, but I think it is important to, um, look at context and look at culture and just really not, not just do things the way we've always done because that's the way we've always done it. Um, but challenge that and think about the knock on effect that that has as well on young girls in church and their view. And as we spoke about just previously that young girls kind of feeling or how I felt anyway, is that you can only do something if you are in a certain position of marriage or a mom or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just think there's so much more for us as girls. So yeah, I would. And if you're a young girl listening to this and you know that your church does kind of take issue with women in leadership, um, I think just have an honest conversation, have an open conversation about it. Question why. I just ask everyone why. I always ask why to absolutely everything. I'm like, why? But why? But why? And it's probably really annoying. But I think why is one of the best questions that we've got. So, yeah, definitely ask why and seek your own clarity on it and your own conviction of what you personally believe is right um so yeah i was into because when you first started talking i was and you were talking about how girl got faith started i think what's really interesting as i was sort of hearing you tell that story was there are some things we have a great idea but they're at the wrong time or the wrong season you know what i mean and actually one of the things we're talking about a lot more is that actually this current time we find ourselves in even if you take pandemic out of the equation but just where we are of being able to encourage people's voice you know if you think of all the places in the last two years people's voices have spoken up and yet still there is this hesitancy in church to allow spaces where people can really use their skills use their voice use their passions use the things they're so articulate about and i think you know I think one of the reasons that maybe you've seen this fruit is because a God is saying you're needed, but also that is, that is what we need for this generation. We need them to be able to say, no, I need to be able to have help in articulating my faith. It's interesting being away. We were talking about Queen Esther and actually how the Mordecai character is that we all need someone who's going who's gonna to be that voice, that mental, that cheering on and almost say to us, you've, you've you've got this, you need to do this. It may cost you, but you need to do this. And I wonder whether we just need to be surrounding people 
and, and probably and guys as well, isn't it? That actually, how do you stand up for what you believe? And because it's needed more than ever, I think. Mm. Have you got yeah, any more questions? Definitely. I don't have any more questions. Wow. I just I want to say a massive thank you again to Emma. It's been a real joy to just hang out, chat, put the world to rights, all that sort of stuff. Can um, I yeah. finish off with a question? Absolutely. Is it okay? It's a bit off yeah, the go cuff, on. Um, and it's Love not really it. for younger girls, but as younger girls get older, um, I thought you might be able to have some tips on how to manage ministry, being a mum, and marriage. Oh gosh. In a minute, um, to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think having a good support network, and I actually think that that's true for anything that you do in life, any stage of life that you're at. Um, there was this activity that I did once where you basically draw like a little circle, and you're in the middle of this tiny little circle, and then you have the like another circle around the edge, and it's like who are the people that you will go to in like you can go to them at any time your house is on fire and you need to run outside where are you going like who are you calling these are your emergency people and there may only be two or three maybe it's your mum or your sibling or someone really close to you and then you kind of then circle out and out and out and more and more people are around you but you realize that actually you are so supported and you're so surrounded and it's not always about just leaning on those two people that are super close to you, but knowing that different things that you go through in life, you've got different people that you can lean on and it can give you real confidence to do the things that you want to do in life because you know that you're supported. And so that's been true of me in like motherhood and marriage and doing Girl Got Faith and everything like that is that I genuinely don't know if I'd be able to do any of this if I didn't have people around me um and that kind of support network doesn't just come naturally it is something that you invest in and it's something that you work on over time um so yeah i would just say make sure you get people around you that you trust that love you that support you that cheer you on um but that you can be safe around them and that they give you confidence to be yourself and do the things that you know that you're called to um so yeah i would say a good support network is my number one tip it's <laughs> a great tip yeah it's really helpful because we're starting to explore actually what do you do when you're not in youth group anymore because the yeah. church hasn't hasn't particularly handled it well with that sort of 18 plus because like you said until you get married and have kids you're sort of in this sort of waiting room and we're just yeah. starting to explore in the next next term really what that looks like because we've had a massive group of of guys that have just got to the age and we don't want to almost say goodbye to them we want to say actually if you're 18 to 23, whether you're going to university or not, how can you express your faith? How can you? Yeah. And, it, and it's really interesting that that's where we're finding ourselves at the moment. Um, not just young people, but I don't even know young yeah. adults. What do you want to be called? What do you want to be called? Young adult. Young adult. Yeah. Young adult. Yeah. But yeah, I think even, I think Alex, you were saying something earlier about like when you were in church, you're in church. And when you're at school, you're at school. And kind of that when you're younger, and I think the church kind of does do this to us a little bit as well like we do it to ourselves school society does it but i think the church plays into it but we compartmentalize our faith so it's like you're at church on a sunday and that's when you're good you're at school and that's when you do what you want you're at a party and that's when you go crazy and then you're at youth group and then you're good again or you're a bit more fun but still good um, and i think <laughs> we don't necessarily learn as young people how to invite God into every area of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily get equipped as to how we would 
come to God in any circumstance or even seeing waiting at the bus stop as an opportunity to pray or to speak to someone or to smile at someone or we just really compartmentalize everything and I think that's the difficulty then when we leave a youth conference for example that you've been at for a week and you feel so on fire and so happy because you've been in this heavenly bubble but then you come home and you're like I don't know how to do my faith here because you've compartmentalized it you've allowed your faith to be so active and open in your life in that week. And you're like, I don't know how to bring this with me. And I think as young people, we need to be taught more when we're younger about how God is involved in every area of our life. So when you're struggling in school with your homework or whatever, knowing that you can still call that youth leader and be like, could you just pray for me quick? Cause I'm doing my homework. I'm really struggling right now and not waiting until Friday, not waiting until Sunday, but, and that kind of, I think leads us then as we come out of youth group, as we become young adults and as we become like full grown adults, <laughs> full grown adults, um, but it teaches us how to fully grown. <laughs> yeah, fully grown adults. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just teaches us how to really like live out our faith as a whole part of our lives. And God cares about what we care about because he cares about us. So yeah, just not being afraid to involve him in every area. That's a great place to land. That's a great place to land. That's awesome. Love it. Thanks so much for having me, guys. This has been so fun. Thanks for joining. <laughs> Come hang out again. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, have a great week, whatever you're doing. Um, <laughs> bye. <laughs>